dreams and custard creams. Nice warm tea, we can feel stress free. Soft voices and a lot of laughs. It's the Monday Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name's Chris, and I've got a new microphone. Although, if this is your first time, it's not going to make any difference, but still. My name's Chris, and this is my new microphone, and welcome to the podcast The Mundane with Chris and Dave. Obviously, I'm Chris, and uh, here's my friend Dave. Hello, everybody, and I'd just like to welcome Chris's microphone to the podcast as well. It's very honoured to be here. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. It's very honoured. It's very fancy. I'm, I was very happy it is with very, it. It's very, very nice looking. You guys can't see it, but I can assure you it looks really nice. It looks. It does look very nice. I'm sure there'll be a photo somewhere. There will be, I'm Not sure. Not the old yeah. one. The old one was still nice. It was still nice, but it was, it was, mm. it was time. It was time. So, um, in the mundane, we're we are now. I'm not going to say which episode because who knows how I'm going to edit these together. But we're on episode. (laughs) We are on episode insert number here. Um, But today, Dave, I've decided we've looked. We've looked at stuff. We've looked at tools, Mm. and I think it's time to evolve our mundane experience. And I want you to guess. Because today we're going to be looking at a place, a mundane place. Okay, Dave's going to know this straight away because I've known Dave for many years. I used to work with Dave in a school and Dave used to work with the music department. Um, Every year the music department would go on tour and every year the music department would go on tour. It was always a big secret surprise as to where they would tour. But Dave would always have a reserve answer of where they're going to tour. And Dave... Where would you tell? So normally, so just for the record, this these um, this school has been to uh, China, Denmark. Um, where else, Dave? Where else have they actually been? They've been all over the place. They've been to Greece, uh, yeah, China and Denmark. As you say, Denmark many times. They've been to Prague. Uh, they've been to Belgium. Uh, they played in Germany. Yeah, the school band was absolutely amazing, and they always toured very exciting places. But every year when they did a tour. There was always a bit of murmuring and tension. Oh, where are we going to tour this time? And Dave would always have a reserve answer anytime they'd ask. And Dave, that is going to be our subject today. Dave, where do you <laughs> tell them we're going? Skegness. No. Is it not Skegness? <laughs> not Skegness. <Was> it? <laughs> it's the other one. <laughs> Bogner Regis. Bogner Regis. <laughs> oh. oh, no. You went with such... I was so... So confident. <laughs> I was like, I had to think of her. So I was like, Which one? where was it? And I was like, oh, yes. It's Skegness. <laughs> it's absolutely Skegness. So was it actually Bogner Regis I was telling the students? It was Bogner Regis. It's so easy to, to get those two um, mixed up. It really is. Well, it's funny you say that. So that brings me across to my first point. In my research today, because ironically, it's so mundane, there's not actually a lot of stuff written about it. Mundane places, there's not as much of a comprehensive history as opposed to tools and other things. So no, we're going to look at Bogner Regis, but it's interesting you say Skegness. Can you think of a Skegness-Bogner Regis connection? Yes. Go on then. They're both seaside coastal towns. (laughs) Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should probably explain because there might be people who have no idea what yeah, we're like, about. Yeah, 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 so, let's, yeah. so let's start with this. So Bognor Regis is a town in West Sussex on the south coast of England. Actually, just down the road to where I am right now. Just down the road to where you are right now. Mm. It's about 55 miles away from London and 24 miles to the west of Brighton. 
which is definitely facts I didn't read online. It's definitely facts I read online. Okay, so Bognor Regis is a seaside town um, on the south coast of England. It's near where Dave lives now. Dave lives down south. I live in the centre of England, but it always makes me laugh because every time I drive down to see Dave, I often drive past signs for Bognor Regis and I always remember, I always have very distinct memories of seeing Dave disappoint those children every time when they go, where are we going? Well, guys, we're going to Bognor Regis. Yeah, Bognor Regis and Milton Keynes was your other one. Was, did I say Milton Keynes as well? I'm sure I did say I Skegness never, at one point You probably well. did say Skegness, but no. So, can you think of another connection between Skegness and Bognor Regis? I, I'm going to go out on a limb anyway, because I'm, I'm going to say it with absolute confidence again. They've both got a Butlins. <gasps> well done! He's yes. got it! Well done, Hell David yeah. Hadland. So, of the uh, distinct things about Bognor Regis that I could find, the big one was that Bognor Regis has the second ever Butlins oh, really? installed, with the first one being in Skegness. I was just about to say, it has to be, doesn't it? It has to be. So the first ever Butlins was in Skegness. Second one was in, yeah, Bognor Regis. One of the facts that I really enjoyed that I did actually check. I did go through the citations on this bit because I really wanted to make sure it was true. And I did, it came through from a book and then I was able to go through on the book. Billy Butlin made his first appearance in the town with his recreation shelter, which was situated on the corners of Lennox Street and the Espalande. Oh no, I'm going to mess up these words. And these the Espalande, words. in Bogner. In Bogner, yeah, what's I, the Espalande, I know the Espalande, yeah, yeah, what is, yeah. The Espala- what is the Espalande? It's a road. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very memorable name for a road. It's though, a very isn't it? memorable so... name. I was like, oh, what is the Esperande? Esperande. <laughs> Hello. I've, I've no idea how it's actually said, but that's what I would say. <laughs> Hello, it's the Esperande here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was a popular entertainment venue containing one armed bandits and dodgem cars. And this was in then followed in 1933 by the Butlin Zoo on the seafront, which contained a wide array of animals, including brown, black, and polar bears. What, in Bognor Regis? In Bognor Regis, hyenas, leopards, wow, pelicans, yeah. kangaroos, monkeys, and Togo the Snake King. None of these have citations on. The thing that I said about citations comes later. Eventually, in 1958, the Bognor Regis Town Council announced they had reached an agreement with Butlin to take on the 39-acre Brooklyn site to build a holiday camp, the site in which Butlin still stands today. The camp first opened to the public in 1960. So, that's that's about the Butlins, Bognor Regis. Mm. But one of the facts I discovered that was in a book about Bognor Regis. So, we should probably explain to the audience what Bognor, Bognor Regis, no. We've done we should that. probably explain, <laughs> we've done that. We should probably explain to the audience what Butlins is. So, Butlins to me is when you think seaside family adventure, it's Butlins. That makes it sound like there's, maybe there are like things to do there that I suppose you could consider adventurous. What would you call Butlins then? Well, I don't know. This is the thing. Like Maybe adventure is the word. That's what I'm trying to Thing. I mean, uh, it's this British seaside family holiday resort. It's big as well. Like it's, pro- it's probably most of the population of Bog- Bognor Regis is probably in Butlins. Well, funnily enough, I can tell you exactly how many beds uh, Bognor Regis has. So the mm. Bognor Regis Butlins has, is spread over 60 acres, which is 0.24 kilometers. So there's 5,800 beds, eight restaurants and three cafes. There's a spa as well. I've been in it. Bought my lunch there. Had a meal deal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so the area of Bognor Regis is 4.4 kilometres squared. So it takes... Wait, so Butlins is how many square kilometres? 
Butlins is 0.2. Right. And Bogner Regis is 4.4. Yeah. Right. It's not much of Bogner Regis after all. Bogner Regis no. <laughs> is quite a big place. My favourite thing that I discovered about Butlins in Bogner Regis was that when it was first created, he created it as like before the uh, camper park, he just had the shooting range and like an amusement arcade thing with one arm bandits and a few other things. So the man that invented Butlin, can you imagine, do you know what the man who invented Butlins is called? I think you already said it earlier, wasn't it? Isn't it something Butlin? It is something Butlin, but can you guess what his first oh, name is? What was it? Johnny. Billy. Billy. Billy Butlin. See, I knew it was like an E. Yeah, it name. was an E. During World War II, the park at Bogner was a cause for concern for Billy Butlin. Because the park had always had a shooting range, and during the late 1930s, the targets were replaced with images of Hitler, Gore, <laughs> Goebbels, and Ribbentrop. Of course they were. Ribbon. Brilliant. After the Battle of Dun- Dunkirk, though, Butlin became concerned that should the Germans invade the South Coast, the first thing they might see was the gallery making Butlin a target. And I checked this. This is the fact that I checked in the book. So I did check in the book, and this is 100% true according to the Billy Butlin story. At Bogno, one was a shooting range with the heads of Nazi leaders. I never gave the stall any thought until after Dunkirk and the threat of the German invasion. Suddenly, I remember those targets, and he thought if the Germans took over, he'd be a dead man. <laughs> Did he get rid of them? No. Wait, they must have done at some point, obviously. They must have, well, they would have done at some mm. point. No, maybe they're, st- they're still there to this day. So... That is that is what I've got about the Butlins at Bogner Regis. Pretty much the most distinct part of Bogner Regis in my research. There's one of a famous thing. Also, do you know why it's called Bogner Regis Day? <laughs> I actually do kind of know oh, a bit. Oh, do you, I think. Dave? I, so I guess it was originally just called Bogner or maybe Bogner something else. Um, but it became Bogner Regis when the Queen Elizabeth, I believe it was... No, uh, Queen Victoria. No. Nope. Uh, King Edward... Nope. Uh, someone from the royal family visited <laughs> Bogner Regis, um, and apparently, or some, or they did something there, and that meant that they could then name their town, have put Regis in the name, and it's something to do with it royal. There's Lyme Regis in Dorset as well. Yes, yeah, so Regis as a place is Latin for of the king, Bogner of the king, Bogner of the king. An alternative version is Kings, hence Kings Lynn. Kings Lynn. Kings Bromley. So those are two places that just use the kind of more the non-Latin version. So yeah, Regis, there's Houghton Regis, Bear Regis, Ah, Lyme Regis. Regis. Yeah, Yeah, Hatfield Regis, Milton Regis in Kent, Rowley Regis in the West Midlands, Newton Regis. So yeah, it means of the king. And it was because King George V. King George V. He had become ill and required lung surgery to be carried out on the 12th of December 1928. His recovery was slow and on the 22nd of January 1929, Buckingham Palace issued the statement saying it said it had been realised by the King's medical advisor that prior to the establishment of convalescence, there would be a time when sea air would be necessary in order to secure the continuation of His Majesty's process. Bogner Regis. What, so they sent him to Bogner to cure his lung condition. Yeah, well, when you have lung conditions, they say sea air. I don't know whether how true that is. Well, there's a lot of salt in it. There could be something to that. There could be something to that. So yeah, so Bogner is actually one of the oldest recorded Anglo-Saxon names in Sussex in a document of AD 680, so 680, the year 680, before any thousands were there. It is referred to as 
Butgan Aura, meaning a shore or a landing place. Butgan Aura. Yeah, Butgan Aura, meaning, yeah, buggies, which is a female Anglo-Saxon name, shore or landing place. So it's like it's like King's Port, I suppose. <laughs> King's Beach. So do you know the other famous thing about royalty and Bognor Regis? Um... I discovered there's actually a bit of controversy about this. And this is this is the most quintessentially mundane British myth about Bognor Regis. Doesn't involve Prince Andrew then, because when you say controversy, <laughs> no, King Royal... George the Fifth, King George the Fifth. It's, oh, it's, it's still, still involving King George the Fifth. He went to Bognor and they, to sort his lung out, whatever, and he realised that it was actually rubbish. Bognor. You're actually pretty close there, Dave. So <laughs> I have um, actually just to just sorry to interrupt. I probably should say I actually on one of my random evenings of browsing the internet, I have read a bit. I think I've read the Wikipedia of Bognor Regis or something. So maybe I've got some memories of that. Yeah. So they wanted to turn Bognor into Bognor Regis, you know, of the king. The town did, yeah. Because obviously King George had stayed there. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, oh, maybe we could get of the king or Regis, yeah. Because Bogner on its own doesn't really sound... Yeah, and King's Bogner doesn't sound that good. does it really. Bogner of the king sounds like toilet of the king. Don't really want that. But Regis, that Latin, that Latin meaning the Anglo-Saxon. There was a petition that was presented to Lords um, Stamfordham. I'm I'm just massacring these English names. The king's private secretary, who in turn delivered it to the king. So they were like, you know, after the king had recovered, they're like, hey, man, can we have a Regis on our name? And the king famously, supposedly replied, oh, bugger Bogner. <laughs> that rings a bell. I'm, I think I might have read that. But and brilliant. then Lord Stamfordham went back to the petitioners and told them, the king has been graciously pleased to grant your request. He didn't want to offend the Bognorians. He didn't. Uh, uh, the Bognorians. <laughs> the <laughs> There was a different story of Bugger Bogner where it's apparently King uh, George V's last words, but there is numerous things that say, no, it's not. I think his last words were literally just, I'm dying now by, you know, famous last words as they all are. I think the most common last word is a swear word, isn't it? Well, Bugger. Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, so I'm going to read these two sentences on the Wikipedia because it is quite lovely written. It's quite beautifully written. A slightly different version of the Bugger Bogner incident is that the king, upon being told shortly before his death that he should well be soon enough to visit revisit the town, he uttered the words Bugger Bogner. Although there is little evidence that these words were actually spoken in this context, and although the sea air helped the king regain his health, it is certain the king had little regard for the town. I wouldn't want to comment because there might be Bognorians listening. What's wrong? Is, is what I've never been Bognorigis. Bognorigis is going to be this elusive, magical place. Maybe one day, Dave, we can take this show video and we'll do a travel we'll go show. Go to Bognor. We'll go around and we'll go to Bognor. Yeah. We'll go to all the really little, little the mundane towns. Maybe that's the next step. The mundane can be a franchise. Yes. Oh, hey, Start yeah. off as a podcast, then we become a travel show. You know, we'll be on the BBC. You know, maybe we'll go fishing. That's mundane. But like, oh, let's yeah. go fishing. And then we can have mundane chats whilst we're doing the mundane acts of fishing. Exactly. Doing the mundane cooking. We can do a mundane cooking show. Cook um, shepherd's pie. Yeah. You know, ham sandwich. That's a pretty yeah. Yeah. mundane mm meal ham egg and chips is that or is that going too far i don't know or ham egg and chips a bit exciting but no i think i think it's, it does fit i think i think it does fit yeah, in the mundane. beans on toast beans on toast absolutely classic. british classic yep. that's like and that's what a lot of americans dismiss as our bad food do they 
Yeah, that's that's one of the examples that Americans use as bad British food. Or baked beans. Yeah, as opposed to, you know, lard fused. <laughs> <bread. Yeah. laughs> anyway, on Bogner, the, the Wikipedia is you can you can hear the cogs as they really try and write something <laughs> about it. So uh the town has several areas and buildings. It doesn't say that, does it? <laughs> has several areas and buildings that still link it with its past. Oh, right, okay. Good examples and prominent landmarks are the Royal Norfolk Hotel and Hotham Park. I've never been to either of them. I've heard of Hotham Park. It's in Bognor. <laughs> they, uh, there's a music event that goes on there, Bognor Rocks. Oh, Bognor Rocks. Do you think that? Do you think we should write to Jack Black or Ozzy Osbourne and ask them to deem Bogner of the Rocks, so then it can be called Bogner Rocks instead of Bogner. Ah, uh, but they spell it R O X. It's a bit too matter. edgy. Ozzy Osbourne don't care. It's a bit too edgy. Yeah, nobody will visit Bogner Regis then. I don't think I've ever been to Bogner when it's sunny, so maybe it doesn't get a fair rep for me because I associate it with just being a bit grey. But you know, I'm sure it's not on a sunny day. It's got a nice pebbly beach. Yeah. So the next. Um bit we've got on the wikipedia yeah. i'm so sorry this isn't an article normally we do articles but sometimes wikipedia is just the only way just the only way yeah so bogner regis experiences an oceanic climate uh similar to almost all of the united kingdom albeit sunnier and milder due to its proximity to the coast it has at over 1900 hours on average the highest known annual level of sunshine of any british mainland weather station resulting in Bognor Regis being named the sunniest town in Britain. I don't think I've been to Bognor Regis when it's the sun's out. And I, it, I've been there a fair few times. And then we got culture and community. All right. Okay. Yeah. Number one is the Birdman of Bognor. Yes, like an annual festival thing where you gather, at, I think, at the pier. And I think people like make their own like bird costume outfit things and they actually try and they run and jump off the pier and see how far they can fly in their their homemade thing. Yeah, the International Birdman Competitions. Americans, if you don't know what Britain's like, this is a pretty good example. <laughs> Everywhere has their weird festivities. The International Birdman is a series of English competitions that involves human birdmen attempting to fly off the end of a pier into the sea for prize money. The one at Bogner is one of the oldest birdman rallies in the world. We invented that stupid, stupid event of just throwing yourself Sounds off a dangerous. pier and trying to fly. It does sound pretty dangerous. I mean, you could jump off a pier safely into the water if the, you know, if you, the water's deep enough, obviously, and there's nothing under the water that you're going to hit. But the bird costume adds a bit of a wild card, you know. What if you drown? What if you can't swim with your costume on? Have they got the RNLI out there to pick you up? According to the Wikipedia, because of course I'm on the blimming Wikipedia. Looking on the page, there's not really a lot of stuff about anyone getting too uh, injured. It's probably okay. I'm just safety conscious. So, yeah, there's the Birdman of Bogner. Mm. And then on, on the culture, it's also got... There's a cinema. Yes, actually, um, I, that was one thing I was going to say earlier. Uh, it's got an independent cinema, the Bogner Picturedrome. Which has been trading as a cinema for over a hundred mm, years. It's really old school. It looks really cool. We should go there sometime. Yeah, yeah, we should. Yeah, we'll go, we'll do that on the Bogner Day. Yeah, yeah, on the travel show. Yeah, yeah. There is also the Alexandra Theatre, which is a 357-seat auditorium. I haven't been there. The only other thing is, apparently, the film The Punch and Judy Man, starring Tony Hancock, was partly shot in Bogner Oh, Regis. really? It's then got as one of my favourite parts, which is notable people. Notable people of Bogner Regis. All right, come at me with these star names. Have, have, have you heard of any of them? 
There's Richard Hoffman, who's a property developer and politician associated with the development of the Bognor Regis into a seaside resort. So is, is he is he got his own Wikipedia page? He does have his own Wikipedia page. Okay, so he's not that underground. No, there is Frederick Albert Bridge, who is a photographer who died after a fall while on holiday in Bognor Wait, Regis. Wait, he's one of the notable people of Bognor Regis. That's apparently <laughs> where was he born? And he's not even Shadwell. <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> Which is in Lon- near London. In London, apparently. In terms of notable people, there's a, in fact, a lot of people have died there. <laughs> All of them are really bong. Apparently, James Joyce um, worked on Finnegan's Wake while staying in Bognor in 1923. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know that one, yeah, obviously. Big, uh, Jimmy um, Joyce. Jimmy Joyce. <laughs> and then my, my other favorite one um, that I discovered, the only one that was actually quite interesting, is Cynthia Payne. So all of these other people, there's like nice long lines of like description on who they are or how they died. Um, except for Cynthia Payne, who following her name just has two words. And those two words are brothel keeper. Has she got her own Wikipedia page? She has her own Wikipedia page, And is she page, a Bogner woman? Or was she? She is a Bogner woman. She was an English brothel keeper and party hostess who made headlines in the 1970s and 1980s when she was convicted of running a brothel in Streatham, a southwest suburb of London. Streatham? Streatham. Streatham. Yeah. Streatham. Streetham. 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 (laughs) Bacon on the street. It's quite a small Wikipedia page, but I am going to go into it a bit because it is quite interesting. interesting. Yeah. As I, as I yawn, I'm, I've had an early start. Here we go. Payne first came to national attention in 1978 when police raided a home while a sex party was in progress. Men paid with luncheon vouchers to dress up in lingerie and to be spanked by young women. So much stuff in that one. She, she is the woman of Bogner. She's got so much to her story in that one sentence. I mean, I've never been to a sex party before. I don't know. It sounds seedy. The thing that really stuck out for me there, you can probably guess. Luncheon. What were they? Luncheon L- vouchers. What? They they paid in luncheon vouchers. Are they like Nando's vouchers? Is that the modern equivalent? Like you get you get a lunch at Nando's if you come to this do this horrible stuff with me. I think it's like yeah, if you, yeah. So from it's it's like if you work for a company, they just give you Nando's <laughs> vouchers. Yeah, that a Nando's <laughs> voucher is a luncheon wow. voucher. <laughs> You know, I know, I know a fair few women who would probably be spanked by older men in exchange for Nando's. Yeah, vouchers. yeah. Not, not as a slight against them, but as an up against yeah. Nando's, as an up for. Yeah, Nando's. yeah. Like, well, people like Nando's. Police found fifty-three men at her residence in varying levels of undress, which I enjoy. I like to imagine there's one with one sock, one with two socks. All of the levels of undress. All the levels. Some in shorts. Who knows? which included a peer of the realm, an NP, a number of solicitors and company directors and several vicars. A cartoon in the press at the time, according to Sarah Baxter in the Sunday Times, showed a vicar in bed with a prostitute, confronted by a policeman. I demand to see my solicitor, said the vicar. He was in the next bedroom. When the case came to trial in 1980, Payne was sentenced to 18 months in prison, reduced to a fine and six months on appeal. She served four months in Holloway Prison. Is she still around? She died, unfortunately, in 2015, aged 82. But this doesn't, there's actually a bit more in this. In 1986, the police raided Payne's home again, this time during a special party she was hosting after shooting the film of her life had been completed. 
although she was acquitted on this occasion. The resulting court case in 1987 made headlines for several weeks with lurid tales, some details of which aired on the Dame Edna experience, on which she launched her book. And her book is called Entertaining at Home. (laughs) And the the thing that I like about this part is that the court case ended Payne's career as a party giver. Now, a party giver (laughs) is a bit of a very specific... Is that just giving someone sexy parties? That's the gift. You you have a PA company, Dave. I'm sure you could a give party. me a party. But like, you know, with some nice music and banging tunes. Maybe yeah. not some young women that I can pay in Nando's vouchers to spank. But I don't really want that, to be honest. I just want a good sound system. Does it have to be a sexual thing? There's not even a citation on party giver. But I'm going to do a quick Google now. Party giver is just a person hosting a party. So no. (laughs) So maybe Cynthia Payne, keeping to her name, was in so much pain of having all these... Every time I have a party, the police raid it. She decided no more parties again. And so that would have been in 1986. So how old would she have been? 1986. Oh, she would have been 54. Cynthia Payne decided no more parties. And then she didn't have any more parties until... It's a good, good age to party till. So good age to party. I'd, I'd like a yeah, few Yeah, I hope more, I would though. still be partying too. I'm older than that, really. Yeah, so apparently there's two comedy films based loosely on her life, both released in 1987. No wonder you're having... You'd have a big party if they made two films on your if of your life in one year. That, yeah, that's some epic party. And uh, one of them was Wish You Were Here, about her adolescence with Emily Lloyd in the lead role, and Personal Services, about her adult life starring Julie Waters. Mm. Both were written by David Leland who directed Wish You Were Here. So, and that means part of Wish You Were Here was filmed in Bognor Regis. So yeah, Cynthia Payne, absolute hmm. legend. It sounds like she wasn't doing anything too lurid. She was just a party giver. Just a party giver. What's not to like? What's not to like about being a party giver? The only other line I want to say that's in her Wikipedia is Payne made appearances as, as an after-dinner speaker and launched a range of, inverted commas, adult services and products in 2006. And there is no link, no explanation whatsoever so i have no idea what her adult products are and to be honest if i google cynthia payne adult products i'm a bit scared about what (laughs) i'll find but absolute legend and i just can't you know i think after all this is over maybe we need maybe we need a few more cynthia paynes a few more party givers in the world right to final this off dave i found cynthia payne's obituary in the guardian of 2015 which is when she died the most notable person of Bogner, I for me, for the most, me, mo- the most, the most, yeah, yeah, for me as well. I'm just going to skip over some of the darker bits, just for the sake of this mildly entertaining podcast. Initially, she ran kinky parties for kinky people, advertising in contact magazines. But her brothel, far from the flash flesh pits of Soho, attracted word of mouth clientele of older men who liked to have their fantasies indulged, whether this involved straight sex, bondage, whipping, or role playing. Or I'm sure a combination of all. The reason that her case attracted so much attention was twofold. Her clients and the method of payment. The former was said to have included the peer of the realm, vicars, barristers, ex-police officers, politicians and bank managers. Not to mention a cross-dressing former RAF squadron leader. Don't know why the cross-dressing is relevant in that sentence, but okay. Towards the end of his life, her father also became a client. She charged punters 25 pounds which was exchanged for a luncheon voucher ah so it's not nando's vouchers dave they're not paying in nando's vouchers she just called her sex party vouchers luncheon vouchers probably a like a 
to keep it on the down low type thing. Yeah. To keep yeah. it on the down low. Oh, yeah. If you have a nan, if you know, if someone says they have a Nando's voucher, I'm not going to think twice. I'm not going to think that they've got a. They've not got a gift card for a brothel. Oh, no. She charged punters £25, which is exchanged for a luncheon voucher, a token that entitled the bearer to have sex with any of the women in the house who agreed and who could then use it as proof of services rendered. Pensioners received a £3 discount. This woman is amazing. Fair play. An anonymous tip-off alerted police to strange goings-on in Ambleside Avenue. And over a 12-day period, 249 men and 50 women were observed by undercover police officers entering her house. The luncheon vouchers, presented as evidence, became an enduring part of the story. Convicted of running a disorderly house. Sounds pretty orderly to me when you have built-in vouchers. Payne was sentenced to 18 months and fined £1,950 with £2,000 costs. Her barrister, Jeffrey Robertson, asked for a non-custodial sentence, assuring the court that no beardless youngsters were initiated into the flesh pots. So there we go. Cynthia Payne. Do you know who I imagine? I imagine the woman that runs the, the madam that runs the brothel in The Simpsons. That's okay, how I imagine yeah. her. When Bart works at the uh, brothel. Yes, I think I know I think I know the one. So there we go. So that is the story of Cynthia Payne, the one and only notable person of Bogner Regis. King George V said bugger Bogner. But Cynthia Payne, inspired by her time in Bogner, was like, you can bugger in Bogner. It's not in Bogner. Her services were in London. But still, left bugger Bogner to bring the bugger Bogner spirit to London. And, you know, gave OAPs a discount. Respect. Respect for the OAP discount. Respect. What a person. Between that... Healing the king, who wasn't happy with it, and, you know, people jumping off piers, pretending to be planes, and disappointing school children is all I know of Bogner Regis. But what a wonderfully mundane place. It is wonderfully mundane, yeah. It truly is. It is. There's nothing wrong with being mundane. That's the whole point of this show, is to celebrate and enjoy and appreciate those little things. This is just the first time that there isn't actually as much of an interesting history <laughs> as normally. No, yeah, we, uh, we we actually got something fairly mundane. Like, some of the things turn out to be actually really not mundane in a way, but... You know, Cynthia Payne had to escape the mundanity of Bogner Regis to open a brothel elsewhere, and she would have become... You know, the Bogner brothel would have mm, been very yeah, different. Yeah, there wouldn't have been much stuff going on there. It'd just be very mundane. It would be very mundane. But in a way, that's why it's beautiful, and that's why we, we love, love you, Bogner, Bogner Regis. And one day... We're going to visit you and have a good time in you. It's got a Wilkinson's, actually. I, that's one of the reasons I visit Bogner, for the Wilkinson's. Yeah, they've got a good pick and mix. That's all you need, really. The sea, pick and mix, butlins, the full Bogner Regis experience. And with that, I think hmm. it's time we go. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this even more disjointed episode <laughs> than normal. It was different. Um, it was different, but, you know, new microphone, hmm. new times. I hope, I just hope you had a good time. Have an amazing week and we'll be here next week for you. Take care and stay well. I've, I've been Dave. Thank you very much, everyone. Have an amazing week. Bye. Bye. Sister Monday Podcast.